If I'm at a concert or a sporting event, a UCLA-SC game, should someone be able to tell me I should sit down when I should be standing up at the game or the concert? All that and more here on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On UCLA podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. Thank you for making this episode your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, and subscribe over there. Become an everydayer because you would have known. We would have talked so much about this UCLA recruiting class, Dante Moore rumors, and now we're back and ready to rock and roll. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter the promo code LockedOnCollege for free for a white tech hat with any purchase. Look, I got a cool hat. Let's rock and roll. I got this from Bird Dogs. You don't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. They're super, super comfortable. Cruising on into Locked On UCLA, I talked about should you sit or should someone not tell you to sit at a concert or a sporting event? Hit your thoughts in the comments. I'll talk about that later on in the show. Speaking of comments, Chip Kelly very recently, reading based on transcripts, post-practice, various different places, Somewhat national headlines with his comments about, one, when he's going to make a, a quarterback decision. It will happen before the opener. He will announce who the starting quarterback is before they place Coastal Carolina. And while there's been limited availability for the media to go look at practices, I know August 10th represents a chance for the season ticket holders to go get a quote-unquote exclusive behind-the-scenes access to the to fall camp and then that happens two weeks later on august 24th so two chances for season ticket holders to get that exclusive behind the scenes look at the bruins and we'll see is it dante moore who was wearing the super cool headgears reported by i believe bruin report online at practice the super high-tech wiry gear that teams can use to see and look at reads from quarterbacks dante moore wore that ethan garbers wore that at the beginning of fall camp do those things mean anything not entirely sure I know there's been the rumors that Chip Kelly's had to address of Dante Moore wanting to leave that weren't entirely true because Dante Moore shut him down immediately back on social media a few days ago back over the weekend. So that's all set. Who's going to start? Well, it's getting closer. We're less than a month. The countdown begins. We'll get our previews going for Coastal Carolina coming up pretty soon, right? We'll get the excitement and all that. But one thing I thought Chip Kelly said, which, which was interesting, With all this crazy conference realignment, teams changing conferences, Stanford and Cal getting pushed to the ACC potentially from Notre Dame only for the sources based on whatever website you like to read, saying actually eh, that's maybe not going to happen because the West Coast, two West Coast schools trying to go all the way across the country to play ACC schools, I'm not sure that's viable and how this is all going to work in conference realignment, I don't know. But Chip Kelly, which was written up, I think, by Ben Bulge a couple days ago, Talked about, hey, um, I'm all up for the Big 18 in the Big 10, right? With Oregon and Washington going to the Big 10 after joining UCLA and SC to leave the Pac-12, which is now crumbling, currently at four teams for the next year. But for what he said is, maybe what we should do is have football teams be their own independents, right? Have a 64-team Power 5 independent have a championship. Have a 64-team group of five have them have a championship and then all the other sports 
are scheduled geographically or in conferences geographically. So all the other athletes, all the other sports don't get lost, don't get stuck in the money grab that this is right now. So they can not have to go travel across the country for a baseball series and then come back and play a random Tuesday midweek game, all dealing with poor weather and everything in between. And that's just a baseball example, right? That's just baseball. What about a, a tennis match? A, a, whatever sport you want to throw in there, that's not football where you're there for maybe a day and a half and with some chartered flights, you're there and back in the blink of an eye and all of a sudden it's a little easier in football to travel. So that's why Chip Kelly said, hey, Notre Dame isn't independent in football, quote, but they're in a conference for everything else, which is why Notre Dame and the ACC, but independent for football, ACC for all the other sports. Why aren't we all independent for football? Take the 64 teams in Power 5 and make that one division. Take the 64 teams in Group of 5, make that another division. We play for a championship, they play for a championship, and no one gets affected. The only thing that does suck about that is the the fun part where the non-Power 5 schools, the Group of 5 is now lovingly referred to as, is the fact that we already have the FCS, right? If you move the FCS, that basically becomes a Tier 3, if not already a Tier, it's already a Tier 3 Division 1 football. Then you've got, if in Chip Kelly's model, his thought there, if you move the Group of 5, you basically demote them to the likes of an FCS, which would already bump the FCS, which is the football championship subdivision. And it is technically division one football. They have playoffs. It's very fun, very good football. That's where North Dakota state plays. That's where James Madison came from. App state lovingly came from there. Many schools have been making the leap from the FCS to the FBS in recent years over the last 10, 15, 20 years. And they've had success, whatever it means, but to drop the group of five, right? That would mean Tulane, who beat USC, uh, you know, in the big New Year's Six games, they would be playing for their own championship. And in the 12-team playoff, which we have, that means the group of five would not be invited in that. And I'm not going to go on a group of five rant where it seems like I'm headed, but I'm just not sure how happy other people will be while you get a select schools making a lot more money. Some maybe get forgotten, and then you have the FCS. So you'd almost create another FCS and move the FCS into like a Division three on top of D2, D3, NAIA football already. But it is a good point where why don't we do this for football? Basketball, you do it geographically. There's still quite a few big games. You've got those big Thanksgiving tournaments, those big middle-of-the-country classics, which we'll talk about in the next segment where UCLA has their CBS Sports Classic opponent announced. You've got all the other sports that probably do a lot better having not to travel across the country. But it's interesting. Chip Kelly's been giving a lot of fun little tidbits over the last week or so twice about conference realignment, being independent for football, looking at Notre Dame, and is he going to be affected by the Big Ten recruiting with Oregon and Washington coming in? His quote was, well, what's going on in recruiting right now is NIL, so who's got the most money is getting the most players. So basically what he was kind of alluding to is it doesn't really affect him. It's based on the NIL part, which Oregon has a lot of, USC has a lot of, based on the collective and what players are looking at financially, which is why he hits the portal, because players might go cash out in their first couple of years, first year, maybe get some playing time, and he grabs guys in the portal and brings them to UCL either to get an uptick in NIL or to get some more playing time, realizing that money isn't all that. It was bent out to be. Let's come and get some PT at UCLA. So he didn't really say that the Pacific Northwest schools would truly hamper the West Coast recruiting stranglehold that the Bruins would have loved to have by moving to the Big Ten with SC. All that and more just means – 
there's so many crazy ideas that we can talk about Big Ten. Should it happen? Should conference realignment happen? Big 12 being the Big 50, the Big Big 10 getting the Big 90, the SEC. They'll take everybody. They'll create new schools in the South maybe, and then they'll be SEC worthy. Who knows? That's what we're all headed in conference realignment. But one last thing to wrap up this first segment is top 25. The, the coaches poll, the U.S. Today coaches poll was released, the preseason version. And while there have been more, I believe, AP voters and pollsters slowly releasing their polls. I'm not sure if I've seen an AP poll just yet. Maybe I missed it. I finally just got back home for the first time in three months. So bear with me. I'm catching my bearings back in the, the sweet land of California. And here we are. The coaches actually have UCLA near the top 30 teams in the country. Their poll has them as a 31, the top 31 in the country, based on the points and voting system. So the coaches think UCLA will be a solid team based on the schedule, based on the talent, what they brought in, what they're, what they're trying to develop from last year to this year. The Bruins are very capable of being a good team. The coaches don't think that uh, in terms of top 25 worthy in the beginning of the season. But after last year, if they could transition and get some wins to start the year, we'll be very excited to see how the Bruins play and build this year. In some other pollers for the AP, I saw, I think, what, Brett McMurphy had UCLA at 19. I think, what was it, RJ Young, if I got that correct, has UCLA 17 in his preseason poll in different polls. So the Brewers are getting some looks. They're getting some love, and that's without knowing who's their starting quarterback. I know you've got Carson Seelrack at preseason awards. You've got all different sorts of Bruins getting preseason hype for postseason awards, right? Oh, preseason watch list here. So we're expecting UCLA to be good if, for the most part, they can develop and find the true starting quarterback, which I mentioned earlier. Chip Kelly has said he's going to announce before the opener. When? That will be the fun joke because who knows when that's going to happen. We don't really get a good look as to who's truly dominating those first team reps and dominating those reps efficiently in practice. Those will be things we talk about throughout the rest of the week. I guess there's only one more day, Friday. Who knows what day it is? And throughout the next couple of weeks leading up to that Coastal Carolina opener. Independence, interesting thought. Will they follow the Notre Dame model at football in the future? Will they swing back and eventually break off conference realignment, realizing what we've done five to ten years down the road? Those are all questions for another day, which is why you should come in every day of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Coming up next, UCLA basketball has finalized their non-conference schedule, so we get excited about that. What, do we, what does that mean? Well, we'll talk about that coming up next on Locked On UCLA. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you more about FanDuel Sportsbook because we're getting all excited, and you know what that means, getting closer to fall, the end of summer, and football season's about to kick off, which is why FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. When you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. That's right. All you have to do is just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every time that team you chose you bet on to win the Super Bowl, gets a win, you get bonus bets. You can use the bonus bets on spreads, player props, overs, unders. There's so many things you can do in FanDuel, which is why you should go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, earn bonus bets with America's number one sports book, and go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Do it right now at America's number one sports book. Segment two of the Locked On UCLA podcast, Zach Anderson, Jock, Simon with you guys. And recently it was announced that UCLA has a CBS Sports Classic opponent. They brought it out and said, hey, 
This is who they're playing. The Bruins will be placing, oh, be placing, be facing Ohio State in Atlanta. So the location was right. They're playing at State Farm Arena. That's where the Hawks play. It'll be Saturday, December 16th, a noon tip for us. So we get a middle-of-the-day game as opposed to waiting all day to watch them play Kentucky like they did last season, last year in December. The Bruins get to take on Ohio State for the first time since 2020 when they lost to the likes of the Buckeyes, 77-70 to 70 in an interesting CBS Sports Classic there. There's rumors, especially, I believe, reported by various sources. I know I said it, that it could potentially be North Carolina. Instead, they decided to go away from that model, and the Bruins are going to take on the likes of the Buckeyes. North Carolina will play Kentucky. While there was kind of ideas of UCLA might play North Carolina, get that hype building up, it was not official. Never said it was official. But they do play Ohio State, which rounds out their non-conference schedule. So we're going to take one last look at this non-conference schedule with all the pieces now solidified. Not sure who's going to play what minutes in what position at what time. The 10 days, or in a few days, they'll be departing for Spain. I forget which day specifically, but the Bruins will be going to Spain, and they'll be sorting all that out, probably without Mar, probably without Brooke and Bouillon Tunchel, and without Adem Bonas still recovering from injury. This is the schedule as follows for UCLA Hoops. Halloween, an exhibition against Cal State Dominguez Hills. The season officially starts November 6th against St. Francis. You've got Lafayette, you've got LIU, all at home from the 6th, 10th, and 15th. Then you go to Maui in the Maui and um, in the Maui Jim Maui Classic, and you get to play Marquette first, and then you get the winner of Kansas and Chaminade or the loser, and then maybe on the third day you get to play in the championship or a losers bracket game. Three games out on the islands, which is being dearly affected with the fire, so we hope they're able to put that out. You've got UC Riverside on November thirtieth. You've got to go play a true road game at Villanova. They get to play Ohio State in December 16th, CSUN at home the 19th, and then you've got Maryland to round out the conference, the non-conference schedule December 22nd at home. A very exciting couple of games there. So the marquee home game is Maryland. The marquee road game is at Villanova December 9th. That's about two weeks just about in between those games. And then you've got the Maui Classic and Ohio State on a neutral site. Those are your marquee matchups for this Bruins team, which we're starting to get to see some hype from the social media clips. Players going in, Jan Vide getting buckets, Brandon Williams making plays. And the freshmen, the newcomers, will be making plays. And you could argue outside of Nuba, because he's been there forever, and Bona, because he was the Pac-12 freshman of the year, everybody's basically a newcomer, right? Of course, Andrews and McClendon, there's players who've been there before, but these are guys that have a chance to make their put a stamp on their legacy at UCLA, put their footprint, get everything important to building a, a, their, their opportunity to play for Mick Cronin this season, which is why this schedule seems very, very tough, very, very entertaining. And that's without the 20 game Pac 12 schedule being released. So the Pac 12 schedule is not going to start. Based on the the note on the UCLA website, it won't start until late December. Doesn't look like they're going to do that weird two game pod at the beginning of this of the month. They're going to do it at the end of the month, which allows the coaches to have a much easier chance to schedule non conference games. Sometimes we see other schools and other conferences have an early December game, get two conference games out of the way, and then throw it later. But UCLA has a chance to build and build and build against all sorts of opponents. 
And I can't wait to see what the 7-3 Spaniard of Daimaro looks like. Burke Bouillon Tunchil. You've got so many different players. Vide, Elan, Fible. You can keep going as to who's going to make impact. I've already gone and maybe switched my thoughts and opinions 10 times. The What should be the highest rated class in the class of 23 across the country is going to make their mark. Again, I've been on record saying we can't say national championship or bust. That's not really fair for this team, for McCronin, but they are talented. They should very well compete. We should expect a fun season, whether it's ups and downs, whether they go have a little down early, maybe they overhype early and they crater, but this season will be one of the most intriguing to follow for UCLA. I, I don't see them going undefeated. I see them losing as many games as last year. Could they lose more? Could they lose yes, more or less? Absolutely, in both cases. But it's up to Mick Cronin to see how this team gels together. It's up to the players to put in that work to get together as a team. And how do the coaches help develop them individually and as a core unit, making sure everybody's happy, not displeased, and knows their role with a variety of different backgrounds coming together, different ideals of st- different plays, play styles, trying to make a competitive unit to win. It's all that and more, which is why we're going to dive into it more and more and more down the line on Locked On UCLA. But the non-conference schedules finalized. We'll wait till they finalize the scheduling, the Pac-12 schedule, which will start at the end of December in 2023. We've got more coming up on Locked On UCLA. Should I sit? Should I be forced to sit at a concert or a sporting event and someone can't see? We're going to talk about that. Hit your ideas in the comments. I'll talk about that in the last segment of Locked On UCLA. Well, we're going to tell you more about bird dogs because, you know, I've got the sweet, cool new gear. I've got a cool little hat I'm wearing that I think you should try and get with bird dogs. You can go get cool, comfy shorts, cool, comfy pants. Bird dogs is the place to go. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, enter the promo code locked on college, get a free white tech hat. Boom, boom, boom. Then I'm wearing rocking it with style like I will today when I'm done with the pod. And you can get a free, free hat. And you're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. My shorts, I wore them all summer long in the heat and humidity. And I felt great. They got cool styles. I got pants. I've never had cuff pants before, but they're making me look slim, look good. And I'll wear them out in any situation. Birddogs.com slash locked on college. You will look good. You will look great. You will feel great. And it is perfect. I just don't know. Just get some. Tell me what you think. And you'll thank me later birddogs.com and if you put in the locked on college promo code get a little cool hat enjoy it we'll talk about it more you won't want to take them off we promise you final segment of the locked on ucla podcast zach anderson yoxa i'm with you guys and i had a question for you the viewer the listener thoughts comments and concerns while i was out surveying the country the other day, I had some friends and I, we went to a concert. And I'm going to tie this into UCLA. This happened to me when I was younger, the UCLA thing. We were at a concert, and, you know, we were enjoying the concert, sitting closer to the nosebleeds, and we were standing up. We decided to stand up, get some fun. All right, stand up so we can enjoy the music. We can't see. We want to see a little bit easier. Within a minute or two to one of the songs in the beginning of the set for the main act, Somebody screams and yells at us to sit down that they can't see. Now, of the things 
that you can go to, like concerts and sporting events, you sometimes you pay to either stand or get high premium seating and different things. But we were yelled at by people four to five rows back that they couldn't see it with a pretty steep incline in these bleachers that we were seeing a, a band. And I wonder, what's the, what's the ruling on that? What are your thoughts, right? Are, are you allowed to tell someone to sit down at a concert or a sporting event? This happened to me when I was younger, way younger. I remember my dad and I went to UCLASC game. It was one of those nights, 7.30, Pac-12 after dark games. I guess then Pac-10 after dark. And I remember standing up, you know, in full in the Rose Bowl. Everybody stands in the Rose Bowl for college football. Every every place in sporting events. Maybe it's about anything. You stand and you're watching. What's the balance when I went to the Rose Bowl and someone at the UCLA-SC game, biggest game all year long, turns and says, like, can you sit down? And pokes my shoulder. Can you sit down? I remember that from years ago. That was 10, 15 years ago. That stuck in my brain. And I was like, I believe I turned around. I don't remember if I sat or if I turned and said to him, this is UCLA-SC. Why aren't you standing? Like, what are you doing? Why are we being grumpy? And it's one thing if the person can't stand. That was not the case in this situation at the concert because these are people yelling that four rows back, oh, people behind you can't see, but nobody behind us complained. What is the ruling? If people are able to stand and if they do it kindly, this wasn't done kindly, this yell, it, can you tell someone to sit down or what's what's the thoughts on being able to sit and watch a sporting event? In college football, you almost have to stand every third down and UCLA, they can't get off the field on third downs, it seems like. So can't, it might be a lot of third downs, a lot of yelling, and then we get tired and sit. But what's also the etiquette for someone who wants to stand and yell to at a game, at a concert, who you, what you most likely paid to go to? And what's annoying if you're in the front row and standing or if you're further back and wanting to see and stand and get loud and get crazy? Well, what's the right etiquette? I, I thought it was – I don't think it's right for someone to yell during a time at a concert when you're supposed to be standing and dancing. Then you should sit down. Or as I saw at a UCLASC game, hey, is that the right move to yell at someone, to tell someone, sit down? It's, UC, it's UCLASC football game it, or any game. Well, what's the etiquette? I want you guys to drop your thoughts in the comments. I'll read them, and I'll tell you, or we'll try and discuss some of them on the next episode of Locked on UCLA, the Friday, August 11th, or when, whenever you watch this. Hit the comments and tell me your thoughts. Tell me your thoughts. When should you be able to sit in stands at a concert or sporting event during the concert and during the game if you're not getting asked nicely and if the person behind you is able to stand because sometimes you just never know. But if everything is all good and they're just yelling meanly and they don't want to stand and they're being lazy, then what is the etiquette there? Or if you're annoying and standing. That really got me angry earlier this week, and I was like, hmm, I needed to go on a rant, get some thoughts from my dear friends locked on UCLA viewers and listeners, and think, hey, what is going on? And it was funny because it happened to me at a UCLA football game years ago. I think at a sporting event and a concert, you should be able to stand up. There's moments when some people, maybe you got a little kid behind you and they can't see already, maybe have an idea, but I think sometimes we've kind of lost our etiquette at sporting events, just trying to be lunatic sometimes with a little extra, extra behavior. We don't need to be too crazy. We just need to be lively, energetic, and fun and enjoy the tailgating experience that the Rose Bowl is going to bring for all the Big Ten teams and for this season in 2023. So get loud. I hope we see you all at the Rose Bowl. Paulie Pavilion, right? Get crazy. Stan trying to get that winning streak 
going and keep it going for UCLA hoops. Other than that, we're excited. Locked on UCLA. Do you sit or do you stand during those concert events or sporting events? I say stands, having a little bit of common sense, knowing at the right moment, if someone can't see behind you, if they ask nicely, it's all right. But they're mean about it. Hmm. With grace, what do we do? Mm, I don't know. Got to be nice. Not going to be mean. Not going to pop off. But is that the right thing to do? I'm, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. If you need to see, then ask kindly. I think that's the right move. But if it's when everybody else is standing, I, I don't know. Anyways, anyways, we rock on with Locked On UCLA. Zach Anderson, the Oxheimer, signing off. The rant is over. The episode is done. We're going to talk more fall camp, more UCLA hoops, more UCLA stuff. There's probably more crazy conference realignment to come, which is why you need to become an everydayer. We're going to analyze more positions, analyze more fall camp stuff, everything in between on the Locked On UCLA podcast. Hands up, Bruins fans. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, U-C-L-A. UCLA, fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Zach signing off. Go Bruins.